Fox Studios. So, Art Can Fix, Episode 6. This week is all about video games on Art Can Fix. My guest is a video games enthusiast, let's play video games player on YouTube, and a games streamer. A lot of what we talk about is the evolution of storytelling in video games through the years, and whether or not video games have earned their place in the world of artistic merit. One thing that sticks out to me after re-listening to this episode is that we might go into a lot of different games, but we might not explain the different plots of those games. Unfortunately, our enthusiasm got the better of us, and we forgot to include the non-gamers in the discussion. I guess all I can say at this point is, if you're interested in any of the titles we talked about and learning more about them, Google them. Long story short, Mass Effect is about humanity's cooperation with a much larger spectrum of life that also resides within the Milky Way galaxy and the Fallout series of games is based in a post-nuclear wasteland America. At the top of the episode and throughout the episode, we also bring up a game called The Last of Us. The Last of Us is another game that's set in a post-society America, and it plays on the zombie apocalypse style of game. If you're not a games player, go on YouTube and look up some of these games, and I'm sure you might be able to find some walkthroughs. My guest this week is somebody you might happen to run across while looking for one of these walkthroughs. While his style is not exactly the walkthrough style, it is a way for a wider audience to understand what certain games are all about. Please sit back and enjoy like I did, my discussion with YouTube gamer, content creator, Nick Monreal. My first experience when I was younger, um, it would have been N64. Uh, my brothers had uh, video games when I was growing up. I didn't have anything of my own. Uh, but I can remember playing like GoldenEye and Star Wars. Oh, it was great. Um, the first time you picked up a video game, who was do you, do you remember like the first character you were in charge of? Uh, character, not so much. Uh, again, it probably would have been like James Bond. Like I can, it's weird because I've associated music with video games sometimes because I would play those games. And I would listen to music at the same time. So sometimes when I hear the, those songs again, it reminds me of playing like 007 like in Chicago, like in my basement in my like house when I was growing up. So um, the the character themselves, not so much from like an early age, um, but I mean the entire experience of it was pretty significant for me. What would the music have been that you were listening to at that time? Some <laughs> uh, 41. Uh creed out of all things i used to like creed and trapped and yeah i used to i have a weird taste in music it goes anywhere from like metal to folk to rap i got a weird taste in music but a a lot of stuff that i like it would have been a lot of more punk rock things that i can remember playing um while, while while gaming so does that continue to this day music and gaming at the same time not so much uh because the main game that i play right now it's called rainbow six siege and it's basically uh 5v5 um either there's three scenarios where you have to disarm a bomb you have to save a hostage or you have to control an area for a certain amount of time um and it's five people on one team five on the other if you die in the round you that's it you just aren't in the round anymore so um Basically, you get one life the entire round. So for that, I, it, it takes a lot of my attention. So listening to music, I kind of will like get lost in music and not be paying attention to the game itself. 
Um, but I, if there's something that I'm just playing mindlessly, I could see myself doing it. But for the most part, I, I've t- taken a serious more tone with gaming. So, well, if you if you were considering, you said Creed and some forty one. <laughs> when the taste back in the day what is it what would it be now if you're just playing something mindlessly if i'm playing something mindlessly uh what i've been listening to lately is under Oath's album define the great line fantastic one of the best albums ever created i'm not i'm not aware of it uh it's more heavy so there's a lot of screaming but there is melodic singing in it as well um i've been listening to that chance the rapper my mans just got engaged congrats chance you ever listen yes, to this congrats chance uh yeah it's just <laughs> shout out to chance the rapper. chance the rapper let's go let's get um, you on the podcast big fan chance if you just want to go on uh artphoenixstudios.com <laughs> buy an art can fix t-shirt we'd really appreciate it. it's just 20 bucks you know you won't regret it only 20 i think you can spare that yeah you've got 20 well i mean but he's also got a wedding coming up so you know you True. gotta i'll spin. pitch in for the wedding if you pitch in for the shirt that sounds like a good deal uh, so growth as a gamer through the years, how do you see that progressing? For me personally or as gaming in general? No, just you personally. So you started with, you said you didn't have stuff of your own. So you had the N64, you had James Bond, you had what your mm-hmm. brothers had. But through the years, what has your growth been from that humble beginning? From that humble beginning. So my first, my own like game console would have been, uh... Game Boy. So, Game Boy. Yeah, as a little tyke, Nick was running around with a purple Game Boy playing Pokemon. All right, and, purple and Game Boy, which which version are we talking about? Game purple? Boy Color. Game Boy, that's yeah. right. Yes, I had yeah. one of those as well. Yeah. I've had I've had through the years almost every single game system ever made apart from the original Nintendo or any Sega machines. I've had Are you a huge gamer then too? Yes, yes, sir. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I had a Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, GameCube, Wii. I'm starting with just the Nintendo. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Keep them coming. Original, 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 PlayStation, PlayStation 2 in several different incarnations, uh, 3, now 4. Um, I had, I bought myself the original Xbox 360, I mean... Everything yeah. I have had, pretty much everything, and also most of the Game Boys up through till about the Game Boy Advance. But that was mostly my brothers. I would just borrow that every once in a while. But yeah, I had, I still have my original yellow Game Boy Pocket. Yep, I have mine too. Um, Kirby's Dream Land. Um, nice. Was it Mario? Mario and the Six Golden Coins, something like that. That's probably my fa- favorite Mario game yeah. of all time from that, at least from that era. Um, Wario Land, is it Wario Land 2 or something like that? I can't remember what Wario Land 1 would have been. I ha- Oh, and all the original Pokemon. Yep. And like two copies of each because, yeah. because I would get a copy and then my brother would get a copy and then somebody would lose their copy and so the parents would then go out and buy a new one and then we'd find the old one. So there's one red, which is mine. There's two or three blues and two yellows. I might have to buy some of those off of you. I, you know, (laughs) I'd be willing to sell some of them, absolutely. The the red, I I would hate to get rid of because that's... No, I'll only take your extras. Okay, good. Uh, But yeah, I 
Did you have Dreamcast? Do you remember that? It lasted for about a whole no, five no, months. Uh, no, no Sega anything. None <laughs> of that. I, I don't know. I don't know why we never had any of that. There was this one game that I used to love playing called Ready to Rumble. Okay. It was a boxing game with like these just most outrageous characters that you would have. And there's this one dude who I quote all the time. I don't even remember his name. I remember what he looked like. He's just this like skinny dude with a big fro. Uh, and every time you knock someone out, he'd be like, somebody better call a doctor. And he'd like say all these like crazy one line. It was the worst game ever, but it was so much fun. Uh, I'm trying to think, Dreamcast. is that the one where eventually you get to fight Mike Tyson or is that literally like Mike Tyson's boxing? No, that's like, I think that's like Mario versus Mike Tyson or something like that. No, there is a Mike Tyson game where you box him, but mm-hmm. Mario, I think is the ref. It's something weird like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you started with. A Game Boy Color was your first piece of video game equipment that it was yours specifically. Yes. And what were the games that you had for that? For Game Boy, it was Pokemon. So blue, red, yellow. Um, it was also uh, Mario. I think there was like four Mario games. I had a Pokemon pinball game. I had... There was this one Looney Tunes game that I never beat because it was so fucking hard. I had that game. Is that the one where you're bugs and you have to collect the carrots and Absolutely. go through the doors? Absolutely. I still have that game to this day. Yeah, so do I. And okay. I still have yet to beat it. It is so very, like, impossible. It is very difficult. Oh my god. I should go back and try and beat that game. I haven't played it in about 10 years, but... Um, I have much younger sisters, mm-hmm. 13 and 8. And the 13-year-old, she, she wasn't 13 at the time that I introduced her to the, to the Game Boy Pocket... But she was, she was pressing down on the keys, and she wasn't understanding why things weren't happening so fluidly like they would with modern, yeah, modern technology. Because I mean, it was also an old device, so she really had to press down on the on the D pad there. But she was very confused, yeah, about how the old Game Boy worked, which is it's made its leaps and bounds. She's now into my brother got her into Overwatch and Fortnite, which is not my style of thing just because i don't do that sort of massive online kind of everybody all at once i tried that yeah. with the the star wars the battlefront and that was fun enough and also the gears of war back in the day when that was huge yeah, everybody gears everybody cutting each other up that was that was fun yeah but i'm not i'm not really I, uh, me personally i'm a very singular i like to be single player in yeah. a, a big old open world for the most part, but just me controlling everything. So let me ask you a question then. What's your opinion on um, the like... Please let this be something I can answer without sounding like I don't. <laughs> the remover, re- removal of single player games. So like how Xbox, they, they had a Star Wars game that was coming out and they yep. scratched I the heard about thing this. because they wanted to expand it to be multiplayer instead of single player. And then that was right around the time that god of war came out Mm -hmm. and just obliterated every thought that microsoft had about single player games um i probably can't speak enough to the idea like i i I couldn't speak intelligently enough about i know in my mind i think anytime we start moving away from single single player experiences to more like that multiplayer stuff i think it's just a large publishing company is trying to find ways to to, to, to move product and an easy way to move product is with these massive popular games that's you know the the style right now seems to be the most popular games that everybody's into like Fortnite is even though that's a free game it's still it, it invites a lot of people yeah Fortnite did it right 
I, I'm not the biggest fan of Fortnite. I played a few games on my channel. Um, and I like Battle Royale a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, that's the, yeah, I was looking for the, the Battle battle Royale style is yeah. what I'm talking about. I think Fortnite is past its peak. Yeah. It's not going anywhere anytime soon, but the insane flood of everyone watching it, everyone playing it, I think that that's gone for the most part. Uh, I tried getting into it, and I'm native to, to consoles, so like Xbox, PlayStation. Like a controller in my hand is what I'm more comfortable with. Yeah. And I switched over to PC. I do play PC games, but I don't play PC like FPS. It's like first-person shooters or, or stuff like that. So when it came to Fortnite and having to build, holy crap, are these kids the nerdiest? When they like, I would shoot at someone, and within three seconds, they have like a two-by-two two tower... I can't, I don't know what to do. I'm like looking down at the keyboard trying to, and it, I gave up after a while. I started playing on PlayStation, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, I think that if I was better, maybe I might like it more, but I, I suck at it. I guess to, to, to really answer your question, I think the reason why we're moving away from more single player games is just a, a failure of... The gaming industry at least the larger companies to understand that it's not just about moving product you, the reason why video games are so popular is because people really get into those stories yeah and it's just capturing the momentum of a very you know what, what, what seems to be popular right now at the moment but if we're starting to move further away from that and it's in danger of you know we're us losing that i think that's pathetic yeah. On, on behalf of the lo- the larger publishing companies, does that does that answer your question? Or yeah, I mean, it was just a like a little curious question because I mean, for me personally, I think it's it's stupid the idea that people can't go into a game and enjoy it by themselves. Like you're forcing them to like meet other people. Like yeah, me personally, I have more fun with multiplayer, like playing with my friends or playing with random people. I have more fun doing that than I do for the most part playing solo but when it comes to playing like multi multiplayer games I would rather play with a group of my friends and a bunch of randoms but if I'm playing like a single single player game I don't want to be in a party with a bunch of people talking I'd rather just get immersed into the the game itself like in as much as I I will go to a movie theater with other people because I you know, it's still fun, the experience of seeing a movie at a theater, but I really mostly enjoy a movie, TV, uh, music by myself. That's yeah. how I consume that content. And video games are like movies. And like, uh, yes. uh, I can't even get to that level. We will get to that, actually. Are. Yeah, we will get to that. They're so good. Have you ever played Last of Us? Um, now, okay. We're getting off topic, but I... I could do, I could do a, a whole... Like a year on on Last of Us, I, I I that's one of those games where I could have just finished playing it, and I could start all over again. Yeah, it's the 100%. best game ever. If you have not played The Last of Us, go out right now, buy yourself a PS4, or buy The Last of Us if you already got one. Do yourself a favor. It is literally the best. Oh, game I mean, it's it's ever. as far as it, it, what it the it fills all the checks all those boxes or ticks all those boxes for me as far as what i'm looking for in storytelling yeah that's so huge for me and another another game that really did that for me that was an indie game that really surprised me but it it is something that could be played by pretty much anybody it was firewatch did you ever play firewatch 
No, what is that on? Firewatch is, uh, I believe at the time, you can actually get it on the Apple App Store now for, for your you know, the Mac computer. But it is a just a first person exploring storytelling kind of a thing where you're not, it's, there's no weaponry or anything like that. It was developed by Campo, uh, Campo Santos or something like that. They were, the game did so well that they were recently bought over by Valve. I think I've heard of this. Is it like the logo red? It's 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 like it's like a, a symbol that the it's about a guy who goes out to uh, watch over this 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 national park and and live in one of the fire watch towers to make sure that there aren't any massive fires that that break out in this national yeah. park and then then unfolds this huge story between him and this other woman that's working at a different tower. You know, they're talking to each other over the walkie-talkie, and there's different things going on, and this mystery starts to evolve about, is there something, you know, insidious going on in, inside the National Park? You know, who's watching who? All of that. It's a very cool game. I think you would... Do you have... You said you have a PS4? I have a PS4, Xbox, you could, you, yeah, PC. You could, you could pretty much probably find it uh, on all those platforms, I think. I don't, I don't know. For a while, I think it was just exclusive to PS4, but... Firewatch. Check All right, it out. I'll check it out. That'll be the next, next yeah, playthrough. That, that's one of those games where that had me. It was recommended to me. I can't remember by who, but somebody saying, you're going to really enjoy this. And within the first 10 minutes, I was on the verge of like weeping because I thought, wow, you this is intense. Yeah. This. <laughs> what, so you, have you you've cried during a video game? Hell yeah. yeah. Are you kidding right? me? I mean, <laughs> I, whenever I talk to people and they say, like, how can you be so invested into a game? It's just like, how could you not? Like, you watch movies and you get sad, like, Marley and me. People cried for years after that movie came out. And then they give me crap because they're like, you played The Last of Us and you cried. If you don't cry within the first 10 minutes of The Last of Us, you have no soul. I'd say most really great storytelling games, if you aren't, like, emotionally invested to the point where something might bring you to tears then something's either wrong with you or something's wrong with the game yeah the idea the fact that like you could get so immersed in something that you forget that you're like it's like a movie you forget that you're like there you're you have your own life yeah you get invested in like these characters and what's happening and like that was a great thing for me with the last of us is that within that first like 10 20 minute margin with him and sarah like, I'm not going to spoil anything. Like, I forgot. Like, I No, I it's a hell of an opening was, to a game. Yeah, yeah, I thought that this was something that, like, I was, like, a part of. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that sounds. Well, it's, it's like, you, you will get really invested in it. Yeah. And, and that, that is why, no question, video games are art. It, it, you know, end of yeah. story. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to ask about the importance of storytelling versus features. Because some games really do rely on okay we're throwing together a story sometimes it's more about hey isn't this cool this new technology we've been able to develop interesting new features in this game you know is it work for some games not work for others where do you fall in that um i prefer i guess story over features um it kind of depends on on what you're playing and you know how much you really care about that issue um like something like overwatch I've played it, um, I don't play it as much anymore, but it doesn't have a story per se. So like it's, there's like a background story that, that people know of, um, 
and it's just PvP. The entire game is PvP. There's no campaign that you go through, but they release videos of um, the different characters. If you haven't seen those, those are amazing. I have I've yeah. seen yeah. A little so bit. like the the one between Hanzo and uh, Genji, they're mm-hmm. like brothers and they're like fighting and stuff. It's insane. Um, but there's not really story for some like a casual person who goes in and just like jumps in to play. They wouldn't know much of that. So like. I'd say in that experience, you're getting more of like features, new characters, new levels, new abilities over an actual growing story. The story is there, but it's in the background. Another person or company that did it was uh, Bungie with Destiny. Did you play Destiny 1? I did not because I thought it was going to be more of a story and that it seemed to be the opposite where it was going to be a lot of different people all together and that was a big turnoff for me yeah i think that is one example of how someone can mess that up so bad they had something called grimoire cards where you would unlock these cards by playing the game but then you would have to log on to a different website to read through the card to like get the backstory of what you were doing Mm. so like if you like were fighting someone they would you know tell the story of that person you were fighting but you'd have to go onto a website to do it instead of it actually being in the game. And then the second one came out and they did more of a story, but they did it kind of bad. Uh, so it was just like more of like, they're figuring it out. And I haven't... Destiny 1, I've put over a thousand hours into that game. I played the crap out of that game. Destiny wow. 2, half of that. It was such trash compared to the first one. I heard that they're like building it up and they're making it better. I just didn't want to stick around for all of it. And I know there's a new DLC coming out. Um that's supposed to fix all of these issues that people have or that's supposed to be like the start of like the uprise of destiny again um but i mean for me personally i think it's just finding that niche on if you're gonna be uh features over story that's fine if you can do it right or if you're gonna be story over features that's fine as well but there i feel like a lot of and as awful as it is, like, AAA companies, like, fall in between it where they don't have either. They're kind of trying to play the fence. Um, and I, for me, it's annoying just because it's – I I would personally like to have that story or those features, like, one of them be good as opposed to both of them being awful. So a couple franchises that spring to my mind as far as what I – Loved initially about story, and then as they kept going, I thought, now this is more about features, which I don't love. So, did you play the most recent Doom? I did not. So, I always do that. I was so, <laughs> so, I have to stop doing that. <laughs> it's, how, it's how I begin my introduction to every episode as well. I almost did it again. Yeah, I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Got to figure out how to do this. Um... <laughs> Mm. Boy, I can't do it. Uh, Doom three. Did you ever play Doom three? Yes. For the for the Xbox. Yes. I really enjoyed the storytelling in that. I thought it was a great linear progression from this. What do they What do they call it? Just the he's called Marine throughout the game, but in the in the whole um, Doom franchise, what a Doom guy or something yeah. like that. So you're playing you're playing as doom guy, you know, you you arrive on Mars for this massive research facility, you find out that 
They've accidentally opened a gate to hell by experimenting with portal technology, blah, 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 all that stuff. Great. Fantastic. And I'm thinking, okay, this most recent Doom is just going to be an expansion of that idea, maybe not a direct sequel or anything, but it's going to keep playing on that whole idea where Mars, gateway to hell, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. giant research facility. Well, as it turns out, it's not so much... There is a story, but it's mostly about running and gunning. Yeah. And turn off. I I ended up not finishing the game. I Really, I think I maybe got 15 minutes into it, never picked it up again, and sold it. And that because I go I go pretty hard into not giving something a second shot sometimes even though maybe I should. Yeah. But if you if if you're if I feel like my time's being wasted a little bit, it's like I don't really care about you know fake it's all fake. It's fake fake guns. It's it's fake, you know, it's not it's not badass just running around running and gunning mm-hmm. if you don't have a reason for it. That's fine that there's fake blood and guts but at the end of the day that kind of gets a little samey and a little boring after a while yeah do you you feel the same way or um yeah the thing is i i'm not too particular with what games i play i play literally just about everything role-playing games um fps you know anything you could possibly name i've played it um i do get the idea of wasting your time Especially with something like actually creating content out of it. Because, I mean, people say like, oh, you just play video games and and put it on the internet. Like, it's not hard. And to some people it's not. Yeah, sure. But it's taxing. Like, you have to play the game. You have to commentate. You have to be entertaining or good. Um, Then you have to edit the videos yourself. Make the thumbnails. You know, load it up to YouTube. So, like, I totally understand the idea of, like, if I'm playing a game and it's just you're not enjoying it 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 makes it that much harder to to want to keep playing that so uh, under that aspect i definitely get that like uh i wouldn't want to waste my time with something that like kind of is just mediocre i mean i mean that's no offense to the people who created that game oh and i wouldn't say i couldn't do it yeah it's definitely not mediocre it's just not what i wanted out of it yeah okay that's a better way to say it so like uh, if you're you're expecting one thing and you're getting something completely different, yeah. I can understand you know not playing it, and I think that's something that people have trouble with, or at least game companies have trouble with, is appealing to the masses as well, opposed to a niche group. That's why I was so upset when I was playing through Fallout Four. Was it's like oh wow everything looks so great. I don't remember buying minecraft so why the fuck am i building towns yeah i didn't finish fallout 4 which is surprising to me because i played the fuck out of fallout 3 uh fallout 3 fallout new vegas i I didn't like new vegas either you didn't i love new vegas i actually love that more than fallout 3 i think that maybe just because of the setting ruins fallout for me because yeah. it was so perfect for that time in my life. I literally played all the DLCs, got yep. every single achievement, yep. put thousands of hours into that game. Yep. Like played it over and over and over. And it's like I already know what's gonna happen, but I like it was so fun that when New Vegas came out, it wasn't the same. So I was just like, eh, it was kind of Which one is of those so things. It's so funny where... is considering 
it's literally the same. It's basically yeah. it looks the same, even mm-hmm. though there are years in between them. It's the there's not a massive jump ahead in technology or art style. It's, yeah, it's pretty much there's some game mechanics that have been improved upon or swapped around, but. And I guess that would be my doom because I never finished. I finished New Vegas, but I didn't finish four. And it was just, I think it was because I wasn't enjoying it as much as I had enjoyed 3, which is probably unfair on my part to not give it that chance. I'm excited for 76. That was the one, I I, I keep hearing, what brought this up in my mind was the fact that I keep hearing rumors about what 76 is going to be. And I don't like what I'm hearing, but that could, I could be wrong. Could be just have weird sources. It sounds like more world building stuff where you're just gonna go out into this new wasteland and start building shit i don't care yeah that's what honestly i think it is yeah from my understanding there's this game it's called uh seven days to die it's on pc and i played the crap out of that with a couple of my friends and we it's it's essentially that with zombies so you like you spawn into this world that's got zombies and you like find materials create a base and after every seven days the like sky turns red and the moon is like red and there's like just hordes of zombies that attack you like they know where you're at on the map so you're in your base you have that basically that entire seven days to fortify an area so that you can survive that seventh night and that entire night it like they just come running at your base so you like have to fend them off and then interesting the day comes and then you do it again like care packages get dropped so if you can find the care packages um you find like a bunch of like that I have no problem with because that's that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. That's the idea of it. But with with Fallout Four is like maybe maybe developers you finish building the buildings. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want Did you not enjoy Minecraft? <laughs> I'm not a I don't I don't care about that. I don't care about creating yeah. a fake world. I want to go into one that's already been created and pretend that that's an yeah. environment that's already existed understandable but yeah that's i'm pretty sure what 76 is going to be so well i guess we'll see how that works <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy uh the other franchise that i wanted to talk about that started great with story and ended poorly with features was the difference between the original mass effect trilogy versus how andromeda don't ended bring up. this up it's been brought up uh, we're gonna talk about it right. so if I had to pick, for the rest of my life, if I was going to play the same three games over and over and over again, no question, no other option to have anything else flown in on this desert island, which is just an Xbox that plays these games, or any any device that plays these games, it would be the Mass Effect trilogy. We're talking about and I'm 100% happy to just forego everything, everything else. And that, and that means foregoing... A lot of content I truly love, that I am in love with, but if I had to pick for the rest of my life, it's Mass Effect. That first game, I I have so many great memories of the first time I played through it, and I thought, this is like a a film noir kind of a piece. Yeah. And not not everybody sees it that way, but because it has that mystery to it, and, and because it has a certain art style to it, that's how I felt about it. Are there things wrong with it? Sure, but I'm not. I'm not going to be too picky about this. I think there's no argument that against the fact that Mass Effect Two is just a, a, of those first three games perfect. Yeah, they got everything perfect. Yes. And then when I first started playing three, I thought 
I don't love the art direction in this. I don't love the these new enemy types. I don't think they're that interesting. They seem they seem like halfway thought out. But as I played that game more and more, and I've played that because I, I I had Mass Effect one and two in my possession for a lot longer than I had three. So I've played both of those far more than yeah. the third one. Mm-hmm. But the more I play through, the more I think this game. I don't care what anybody, any ne- anything negative anybody has to say about this. This is actually really great. Yeah. Then you get to Andromeda, and that's a piece of shit. Yes. Um, that in my <laughs> mind, that in my mind embodies everything about we we started from features first, and then story. Yes. I think that it was a a cash grab. 100%, and that that typifies 100% to me the idea of a, a franchise whose publisher does not understand what people are actually looking for. It's kind of like the Assassin's Creed's. Those don't need to come out every year. I, I heard that Origins was really good, and I'm kind of excited to see this Roman one, Odyssey, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Because you can either choose to be male or female, like your brothers or, and sisters, I think, and you can choose oh, okay. to be one or the other. Um which seems like a cool idea, but for the longest time, after, I think it was Brotherhood, like, Black Flag came out, and I never finished it, and then, like, four more that, came out yeah. after that. Like, the Ezio timeline for mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed was really good. After that, I, I kind of fell off, just because it was coming out every year, There's always these bugs with it, and it was the same thing with Andromeda. Yeah. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, as a, as a whole, by far one of my favorite games, easily in my top five. Three's ending was trash. And I'm pissed about three's ending, because the only way you could survive would be to be evil. I didn't like, which is actually what I hated about the ending to Fallout Four, because I disagreed with the logic lines saying that I only had these options, and yeah. that's how I felt about the ending to. to sp- this is too late to say the word spoiler alert, but <laughs> so, so, oops, <laughs> sorry. Um, I disagreed. Yes, with the. The notion of these are the only options I should have after all of this. But I feel about it the same way that I do about Lost, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you watch any of that at I all? I didn't or? watch all of it, but I did watch some of it. The ramp up to that is, look, you spent so much time building this huge mythology. And you didn't know how you were going to wrap it up. Because how do you wrap something up like that? It's like think trying to think of a color... That you've never seen before. You're trying to come up with an ending that nobody's ever seen before, but you're using all of these elements. You're building mythology that that borrows from these other these other pieces. You've got to wrap it up somehow. Yes. You've got and you have to wrap it up in a very sort of realistic way. And I I think they just wrote. I think the same with Lost. The same with Mass Effect Three. They wrote themselves into a corner, and they there was no way to get out of it. But they they had the update. So for those people who might not know, so Mass Effect Three came out, and you had three options. You could either are we talking about the update that changes based upon whether or not you had the DLC or something like that? No. Or... This so so basically, you had the three options of you can either destroy all sentient life, yeah. you can either merge with sentient life to save it, or it's like merging humanity with like yeah. technology, or you could. Um, I don't remember what the third one was. Okay, so okay. Well, so basically, was, first one you said was what? 
you could merge humans and sentience together, which you had to like self-sacrifice. Yeah, it was to do. a synthetic option. Then you could either kill all sentience, which was like the evil one. Wait, no, I think what it was is you can. The synthetic option was you can. You all life can merge with the synthetic format. Um, the other option was control the reapers. And the other option, the third option, was destroy the Reapers. Yes. But in doing so, that affected... This is so nerdy. Everyone. Yeah, you affected everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what that... If you... Depending on which one you chose... I think the, the technically the good ending was the synthetic one. Yeah, where you merged humanity with... Because well, then... All life in the galaxy merged with technology. So, yeah. everything is now both. Yes. But if you... If you do that, you you have to die to do it. Oh, no, there were, there were four options. Were there? If you didn't do anything at all, the cycle of extinction continued, and then that little bit at the end with the, the, the old man talking to the child is talking about how they had a chance to do something they didn't, and so eventually down the line, something somebody took care of. Gotcha. Yeah, so if, you just, um, if, if you're just standing there at the end and you don't, Move. do any options at all yes then lose everybody loses essentially but yeah so synthetic control destroy those were the options yes and if you destroyed you basically got rid of everything if i guess it depends on how you play the game for me personally i had building up to like getting everyone to unite under yep. like just under a common goal so all these like alien species all these like uh, synthetic technology, all this other stuff to unite under one person um, to be equals essentially and to like fight this cosmic darkness that was coming to destroy everything. The only way you could get the like main character to survive was to like basically kill off everything that I had created over the past yeah. six years. Um, and that resolves with a post credit scene with shepherd's hand like, like coming, coming out, out of the, the yeah. yeah and so there was huge backlash for that like i don't know if you remember this but a lot of oh, people I remember. were pissed and that was actually before i had even played it by the time i played it the dlc was already out that ended up fixing yeah because it gave you the chance to have some sort of closure so if you went back and knew that you were gonna die like you get to talk to each individual person that you had like created this bond with over the past you know six years that you've picked up by playing this game because your choices from the first game affected the second game and your choices from the second game affected the third game so it carried on yeah and you knew all these people so you got to say basically your like goodbyes to people so it was kind of like at least they knew how to go back and fix it which I don't agree with that ending still. Yeah. I, I get it. Not everything's like just love and like a perfect but ending. Yeah, I mean, but they really... knew how to fix it. Yeah. Uh, but just the way that they came out with it at first, it just. And Andromeda itself. Like, I don't even want to talk about Andromeda. I hate Andromeda. I... It's just a blimp of. I was drinking pretty heavily <laughs> during that time. And so I would, I would vacillate between. Being really unhappy with it and also going like this is fucking awesome. This is great. Yeah. So when it when it when it ended, I was like, wow. I, I remember texting my friend Trevor and saying, like, wow, great game. But I was probably that was three sheets to the wind at that point, anyways. And now as I look back at it, I'm thinking it was not great. Like the mechanics of the game are amazing. It's so There are some such... additions, there are some additions that I did love. Yeah. Yeah, like boosting and stuff and like being able to jump. I remember starting a game directly after that and trying to boost and thinking like, oh, that's right you don't have that power in this game yeah and so like they added a bunch of cool stuff and like 
like the new aliens and the new places you get to visit are like amazing they're stunning looking but the story itself just it yeah, lacks yeah. it's not it's not what the original built and i get like you need something different each time but if you make something that like people kind of expect and then completely rework it to be something else people are going to fall off of that some people yeah. might not but to me it was just more like this isn't really what mass effect is to me well it's actually what people people who went from the fallout series between fallout 2 and fallout 3 whereas fallout 2 was a very specific kind of computer yeah game and then they're like so you changed this series into something else completely different and the, the audience completely shifted yeah after that so yeah 100%. and i think that that potentially could be a thing and i don't like the way mass effect does their like online like sometimes you need yeah. i don't it might have been in mass I've effect 3 i've never done in any online elements you would have had to for 3 i think because you no, had to like control you, what you know you have to do that to get certain things but if you work your ass off in game to do pretty much every mission then mm-hmm. you can get the ideal ending because isn't there like something where like you have to like send Place, like uh, yeah. mercenaries to like hold the defense, but you can go in yourself and do they it? They sell you the idea that you have to do that. You don't you have don't? to do they that. They trick the fuck you out of me. You do not, because I didn't want to have to do that. Because you know, I don't have to do anything. Anybody tells me I have to do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I if you if you really work it, I got to the ending of that game having united pretty much everybody all the war ass i topped up at every single level every yeah. time i've ever played that game i got i got the guests involved they're now they're now happy you know playing along with the quarians and sharing their planet and all that stuff <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's so dorky <laughs> um, i'm gonna ask you even dorkier question did you love anyone in the game who was your sweetie it has always been and just because the really my only justification, I all uh, by the way, I always play female shepherd. Do always, you? that will never change. Yeah. Anytime I will never. I've never replay. played the female shepherd. It's it's just never going to change for me because that was the fr- I usually pay, play female characters when I'm when I, I have the option. Forth, yeah. I can't think of too many franchises where I'm given the option and I pick a male character. And it's like. Look, I'm playing a male character in real life. It's <laughs> I, I know what that's I know what that's like. Yeah. I would, you know, let's 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 change it up a little bit. Um, so I always picked Liara, just because. Thank you. <laughs> just because that's that goes through all three games, especially if you keep if you buy the DLC for Mass Effect Two, the Lair of the Shadow. Let's go, nerd. Um, but again, I could do I could do weeks. I could do, I could do a whole show on Mass Effect. Honestly, yeah, it's such um, a good game. So just because that is a consistent love, uh, what was it Par- Paragon? Par- some I don't know. It's a it's a, yeah. It's it's a it's your love option you can pick throughout all three games. Whereas sometimes, hey, maybe I'm really digging Garrus this this playthrough. Yeah, you know, but he's more like space best friend. Yeah. So why why screw that up? Why screw up a good friendship? Yeah. Uh, I always chose Liara. I hated Ashley. She was just... Yes. <laughs> she just was so annoying. And then, like, Miranda came around and everyone was like, whoa, yeah. let me get some Miranda. And I was just like, she's nice, but Liara is bae for life. She's great. You know, there's not... It's like they, they broke the mold. <laughs> I wish the Saris were real. How great would that be? I would date an Asari. This is a path that you and I should not walk. 
Um, the only other time I can remember not choosing Liara was uh, Mass, Mass Effect 2 playthrough where I, ch- I chose Thane Krios. Um, just because I thought, oh, this this fella's interesting. He's, yeah. he's you know. Thane was a badass. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think we went on way too long just... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I, I, we got way more questions to have to get through. Alright. Okay, so because you are a content creator for gaming, you have a Twitch. Uh, you have a Twitch account. You you have done streaming on there in the past. You don't do that so much now. Correct. It's something me. that I'm building back up. Okay, and so what you have done though is you have recorded yourself and you've put some of those videos on YouTube. Yes. So what was what's the name of that account where people can find you? Uh, it's Bare Naked. Uh, <laughs> there is a story behind it. I, I'm sure. I'm a fan of puns. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the since story. Since you guys can't see me, I'm a fairly large human being. I'm 6'5", 280. He's 9 foot 10. Yes, 9 foot 10, 1,000 pounds. I'm a mm-hmm. very large human being. So um, I played football and rugby for a long time. Uh, I'm a sociable nerd. That's what I'd like to explain myself. I, I like doing activities and like... You're not as... I believe the movie uh, Wet Hot American Summer would put it. You're not an indoor kid. Yeah. I, I like meeting people. I like traveling. I like you know having adventures. But I also like video games and board games and anime and comics. So sociable nerd for sure. Um, but I'm a fairly large human being. And so uh, a nickname for me is Bear. Um, my name is Nick. And Punny, Punny just... just Bear Naked... Uh, but we just spell it like the animal together. bare naked. Yeah, just throw it all together. The, the how I came up with it because my gamer tag used to be Nick is Legend because I was obsessed with the movie I Am Legend. Why? I don't know. I love Will Smith. Why? That's a great movie. I love Will Smith. Oh, I can't disagree. You can, you can judge me, but I, that movie was so good. The ending was awful, but that movie was yeah. so good. Another, uh, yeah, actually, that was another good example of an ending that did not wrap up the story. I'm pretty sure they came out with a new one where he, like, survives or something. I think they released the sort of director's cut, yeah, where it's different. Um, Which is fine, whatever. But that used to be my thing, and I was looking at, there's these, uh, what is it? It's, it's food. I can't think of the name of it right now. I can't help you. I'm not in your head. Uh, Granola bars. Okay. Like, uh, but just, like, in a bag form. So just like trail mix of granola, okay. essentially. And so it's just called... loose granola. Yeah, loose granola. You mean you granola. You a go. granola bar is the evolution of... Yes, yeah, so just granola bag. Uh, bag granola, granola bag. <laughs> bag of granola. Bringing it all together. <laughs> um, and there's one that's called Bare Naked. And it's... I was just like, Bare Naked? They call me Bear. Hey, my name's Nick. And it just clicked. Wow. And like that... That day, I spent ten bucks to switch my gamer tag over because apparently you get charged for that now, um, and it switched from Nick is Legend to Bear Naked. It also used to be Nick Oath when I was a little tyke. That's still your. I'm not gonna that's, say that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it is. That's still an email address. That is from my a, email from an, a company. We're not gonna tell you what it is. Yeah, um, and that's just because there's this band called Under Oath that like I was right, obsessed yeah. with. Yeah, so. That's where that came from. So it was Nick Oath, Nick is Legend, and now it's Bare Naked, and it's not changing. So one day you were just this loose bag of Nick, and now <laughs> you're just this Nick Bar. Yeah, I've evolved. 
What I wanted to ask was that's another thing I always keep saying. What I wanted to ask, I don't know how to. I don't know how to ask questions without prompting somebody. I'm gonna ask you a question. Here it goes. <laughs> Shoot. When you're stressed, do you run to immersion or do you run to creation? Because what I've started to notice doing a few of these shows is that I would have assumed, for me personally, I'm incapable of creation when I'm stressed, when I'm worried about something. But a lot of people I've talked to are the complete opposite, that they run to creation yeah. when they're... Um, I, it's a bit of both. So... Um, about a year ago, I was dating someone. We've been dating for like two years. Things weren't perfect, and I was a little stressed, and I immersed myself in creation, and it made things worse, and then we broke up, and then it switched from creating to just absolutely nothing. And so, like, that stress of that breakup caused me to just quit. I couldn't create. And, like, my music has always been a huge thing for me, like had we talked about before, so, like, Video games and music are probably like my two big things. When we broke up, video games no longer existed and I immersed myself in music. Wow. Yeah. I was still playing sometimes and I would like record, but I wasn't editing, I wasn't uploading, I wasn't streaming. It just took a huge toll on me because this is someone who was like a significant part of my life for a very long time. They're not going to listen to this, are they? Or No, we don't talk anymore. Okay. It's fine. It's been like a year. And I mean, if you go back into some of my videos, she's in them. So she's mm. in some of my Let's Plays. Okay. Um, and um, for once we broke up, I mean, we've talked a little bit since then and we're fine now. Like, I'm fine. But it was the most hardest thing that I've ever, like, dealt with. And that's not to be overdramatic. I've had a pretty decent life. but No, but I understand it. I mean, I went, I went pretty hard into, you know, finding the bottom of several bottles of stolen kettle one after <laughs> yeah and so like i guess it really depends on what the stress is so if it is something that's like minor just like you know work stress or something like that totally can get diving into like creation and recording and stuff like that but if it's something that like is really impacting me it just kind of wiped it away and i mean part of the issue of that was that i was so involved in creating it like what i don't think people understand is that it is a lot of work to do this. I'm not even remotely big on any of these like outlets. Mm -hmm. I'd say that I have like a core audience, but I don't have like millions of people or thousands of people watching me. But it's a lot of work to, you know, get up and record and make YouTube videos to stream, to talk to people. I can't I can't even imagine how much work yeah, it is. Because even up. this is still involves some work. Yeah. You know, this isn't just connecting a microphone and then hitting the record button. This involves a lot of, a lot of yeah, planning. And production a lot of that people yeah. don't see. And yeah. it's just like, if you don't know how to handle it correctly, it'll ruin your life. And it did for me at that point because wow. I was so immersed into it that I ignored the girl I was dating. Like I wasn't working. I was so obsessed with the idea of making it work and making it work the specific way I wanted it to. And you can't have that outlook when it comes to gaming and streaming and anything like that. Uh, like I was just convinced that like if I did it a certain way that I could get the results that I wanted immediately or, you know, the companies that I wanted to work for. Like I could get into them if I just had time to do yeah. it. And I got so immersed into that that it ruined everything else around me. And it took us breaking up for me to realize, okay, I can't do this. So I took 
uh, six or seven months hiatus where I wasn't putting up anything. And at the beginning of this year, I actually uploaded every single day for about three months. Um, and then I started to get back into that routine. So it's just, it's a learning process to know, you know, hey, I need time for my friends, for my family, for anyone I'm dating. Um, you don't have, and that's a bad thing about streaming is because if you stream, the more, the less you stream, the more it affects you financially. So if you're someone who makes money from streaming, you know, they have Twitch Prime subs now and stuff like that where people can donate to you or subscribe to you for free and you get a cut of that my subscription. Brother, yeah, my brother was telling me that there's several different levels of being a, like a, a, like a featured or not featured. It's like a, a partner, different levels of partnership mm -hmm. with Twitch. What are those levels again? So uh, basically you can be, you're either an affiliate or like a partner with Twitch or you're okay. not. So for me, I'm not... A partner with twitch so i just stream for fun at this point and that's a huge thing if you're doing this to like just make money and to get into it you're in for a rude awakening because the market is flooded especially with the growth of esports um it's everyone wants to do this so if you're doing it just to do it to try and get famous or try and make money it's going to be miserable because you have to do all of that work and you're not enjoying doing it if it's something that you actually enjoy, like, I love playing video games. Sure, I don't want to edit all the time, but the outcome of it is gratifying for me in some in some ways. So for me, it's not an issue to get up, you know, or, you know, not go to bed at the time that I want just so that I can edit a video and get it on YouTube. Um, but for someone who's just like only has their eye on this is what I want and uh, if I stream, I'll get it. It's just it's not going to work out that way. Um, right. And so it's just it's it's growing and it's a lot to take in. Um, and for me personally, over the past like seven months that I'd like took off from streaming in YouTube, it affected my growth tremendously. Like I had a couple hundred people within a short amount of time on YouTube and I had, uh, gotten up to a certain amount. No, I think it was, I had a couple hundred on Twitch and then I had about 40 or 50 people on YouTube and it was slowly growing, but I was seeing growth in it. And then I just stopped. And now I haven't seen growth in almost a year, which to me, I much would rather have that now because I've learned these lessons and I'm learning how to, um, to just create a schedule for myself. I wake up in the morning and go to the gym sometimes, or I'll do it after I get out of work. I go to work and hang out with my roommate or, you know, other friends and I'm still playing games and I'm still recording and I'm still editing. I'm finding, I'm making time. Because it's not a sense of like finding time because I have it. It's just making the right choices to put myself in that position. So that six or seven month break, yeah, sure, it affected my growth. But I've learned these lessons now as opposed to like you see people who get like really big and then they get burnt out because they only do that and they only focus on that and they don't focus on anything else. And so like they have these huge channels they are making tons of money and then they just stop. And they leave for like a year and then they come back and all of that work is gone. Wow. And so for me, being a much smaller creator, it's nice because it didn't really affect me. I don't get paid to do this. So it's not like my income was affected or my livelihood was affected. But I've learned this lesson of like, hey, I need to learn how to really adjust my, my work and like friends and family with gaming. And that's something that... I think if you're looking to get into it, it's something that you definitely need to look about. You need to create a schedule. You need to, you know, think about if it's something that you can really 
add into your life because it does take a lot of time. If you're streaming, if you're putting together a Let's Play video, which is the style of video on YouTube when you're just watching somebody playing a game, are those those are blanket called Let's Play for the most part if it's not a live stream? Yeah, for okay. the most part, people at Let's Play. Um, there is one specific person that I watch. His name is Big Timer. Okay. He's part of a esports organization called Optic Gaming, which I hope to be a part of at some point <laughs> in my life. Um, but he actually is from, or he's not from, he's from Arkansas, but he lives in Chicago currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have substituted TV with YouTube. I don't really watch TV anymore. I know what you mean. Yeah, completely. Uh, I YouTube is my go-to. Like I watch Netflix, and it's like I watch anime and stuff on Netflix or like Crunchyroll or whatever it may be. But I haven't watched an actual TV show in years. Um, YouTube has become my main source of entertainment, and so when it comes to like well, Let's Play, so many people uh, this generation coming up, that's their TV right. Mm-hmm. My my um, sisters who are so much <clears throat> younger. As I've said, they they don't watch they don't sit down and watch TV. They watch shit on YouTube. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and so like for me personally, when I want to like just watch someone, he's the first person I go to. There's like a list of people that I watch, and a lot of them are in that optic gaming mm-hmm. uh, community. Um, but he is like literally the most funniest person I've ever like watched play a video game. And I, it's one of those things where I don't even know if he knows how funny he is. He says the craziest stuff when he's playing. He does the craziest things. And it's just, it gets me every single time. And it's like one of those things where it's just like, how is this guy not the most popular person hmm. on YouTube right now? I, and this might sound, this might sound ridiculous <clears throat> to somebody like you. This might be like saying somebody really loves McDonald's or something like that. The majority of whenever I'm watching somebody, the person I always go back to, and I'm prepping myself for whatever your reaction to this might <laughs> yeah. be, um, Markiplier. I love Markiplier. Oh, good, because that's who I go back to time and time again if I'm watching that kind of format for yeah. the most part. I'm really getting into this other guy now called uh, Bear Naked. He's I've heard of that guy, man. You guys need got to check some him good out. stuff. Yeah, but anyway, so what I what I wanted to ask. <laughs> What I wanted. So, um, <laughs> when you're putting together one of these videos, what what defines your play style? Who are you thinking about? Are you thinking about progression through the game? Are you thinking about the audience? Are you thinking about yourself? For me personally, I don't think about the audience, and that's something that it could work either way. So, if you're like playing for people, it works on YouTube. So, you know, everyone's playing Fortnite right now. Everyone's obsessed with Fortnite, so there's a ton of Fortnite videos. There are streamers and, like, players who don't really like playing Fortnite, but they do it because it gets them views. views. For me personally, I'd rather just enjoy my time at the moment while I'm learning how to, like, do this and grow this channel to be stuff that I would have fun watching or that I have fun playing. So for me personally, at the moment... Uh, I'm not falling into trends. I'm just playing things that I think are interesting or that I think that people would like to watch. Because I feel like that's where you get your core audience. So if you're enjoying it, they'll notice. And if you're having fun and you're commentating and you're like making jokes about stuff that are relevant in it, 
that's what makes a good YouTube video, at least for me. And so if I'm sitting there, you know, playing Fortnite, just not really talking because I'm trying to focus or like trying to learn how to do something, I, to me that's not as entertaining as for me to play, you know, Rainbow Six Siege and be cracking jokes with my friends or, you know, talking about something because I'm already enjoying being in that game. So for me personally at the moment, I'm sure, you know, there's times in the future where I may play something that's popular just, you know, to get on that train. But at the moment, I'm so small that it really wouldn't matter. So uh, I, I mainly focus on what I like and what I would want to play because it makes it a lot easier to do then on top of that because now I'm enjoying what I'm doing instead of having to like work to do something that I don't want to do. I feel as if if I ever got into the Let's Play format and started putting my own stuff out, it would be the most reviled hated <laughs> because i'll give you a good example and i'm gonna bring this up i i only have so many people in my life that i talk about my friend <laughs> once again my friend trevor when he found out that i had been gifted the game bioshock infinite he was really excited to watch me play it yeah we get about 10 minutes in and he realizes my style of gameplay is look through every nook and fucking cranny there is for hidden notes, hidden items, Easter eggs, all that stuff. And it's like, this is boring. Yeah. And to the extent I could see that, um, it's something that you need to work through. There are people who want to know where everything is. And there are there are videos like... I, mean, if, I have to. Yeah, yeah. For like people who like achievement hunt, you know... When you ever you like do something in a game, you get an achievement and it gives you a score. It, it has no value other than that. But there are people who are obsessed with it. So there's videos of like, hey, in Bioshock Infinite, this is a location of all the things on the map, and people will go through that. I've done it myself. Um, but like for Nuka Colas, I did that. I found every single Nuka Cola in Fallout Three. Every oh, single mean, one. Do you mean Nuka Cola Quantum? All of them. The do you big mean ones. Every single bottle. Every single bottle. What are you talking about? You There's an achievement to find every that's single Nuka Cola. Up. <laughs> it is, and guess what? I went on YouTube and I found a video. Of someone's like, "Here's the location of each and every one," and I followed them through that video. Took me fucking forever. It's infuriating enough <laughs> finding all the all the Nuka Nuka Cola Nuka Cola Quantums just to give to Sierra Petrovita. For the how do you remember that name? Nuka Cola challenge <laughs> that you used to get a schematic for the Nuka grenade. Yeah. <laughs> Just finished. I was playing it not that long. Ago. <laughs> but also, I could have been playing it three years ago, and I would still know all of that. Yeah. If you you pick my brain at some point about all the all the background shit that I could tell you about the games that I'm into, and I could tell you like I was reading Everything. it out of because I'm one of those people. That will, in their spare time, in their free time, dedicate time to reading a game's wiki page. Yep, I've done that Everything. too. Yep. Every, every bit of information I can absorb. I, and, and that is not even covered in the game that I was just playing, but I have to know. I have to know. I yeah. have <laughs> to know. Yeah, I mean, again, that's for those who like want those videos where they have to get everything. They have to find all. They have to complete the game 100%. I, I would definitely say my style is very completionist. It's just not fun to watch. Yeah, but the thing is, if it is completionist, but you're engaging 
even though you're just talking to a camera yeah you you say things that people find funny and that's like that guy who i watch on youtube or, or youtube big timer he he does stuff where he's just like looking around for stuff because yeah. he plays a lot of battle royale so like he's searching for items to like survive and he's just talking during that time and he'll talk about what he had for dinner the other day and i'll talk about steak tartare and lobster rolls and it's so funny because it has nothing to do with the game but if you can even if you're just you know walking around and, and doing nothing if you're still entertaining enough as a person it doesn't matter what you're doing on screen like yeah it matters at some points if you're like really good at that game but if you're playing like a let's play and you're just walking through and looking for stuff as long as you're not just being completely silent and just looking and not talking it could still be entertaining so for for you, how often do you have to correct yourself and think like, oh, I've I've not been talking for a bit now. Or All I'm the time. Not... Yeah. And it, it it depends on what I'm playing. So like if I'm playing Siege, that's like the main game I play. If I'm playing that, I find myself not talking as much during it because I'm so focused on it. But I will say stuff like before and after, or like if I'm like making callouts, like that kind of stuff. But if I'm playing like just a, a single player game, like I've been playing God of War. Like I'll notice if I've I have watched a few of those. I'll, I'll notice if I haven't said anything for a minute, and then, like in my head, I like freak out. I'm like, I need to be talking. I need to be more entertaining. I need to do something. And it's something that like, it, I'm working on it. If you go back and watch like my Call of Duty, I play Call of Duty World War Two the campaign through. I I talk and like it's something that I consciously did where I'm I, like the two notes on things that I wanted to talk about. And I made sure to like bring them up. Like I talk, I studied abroad in England for a little bit, and I backpacked for a month. So there was one part of the game where I talked about backpacking, but I played it on the hardest difficulty, so I would die like every five seconds. So I'd have to restart talking the same thing for like forty-five minutes. I said the same story over and over That's and over really again. Funny. Yeah, so it's it's something that I'm working on to be more natural at, but it's something that I'm not by far but even even with you feeling like you have to work on that it's something i could not do yeah when i'm when i'm immersed i'm immersed i'm i'm in there i I do not want to i do not want to talk i don't want i don't want to be talked to same goes for a movie tv show i don't want any i don't want any color commentary or anything like Mm -hmm. that we're in the we're in, we're in this and i was that way and i'm trying to work my way out of it and that's why i think yeah yeah and that's why i think like i I think too much about it because if I notice I'm not saying anything, it's for me it's easier when I'm playing with my friends to do the commentating because I like talk to them all the time and I make jokes all the time about stupid stuff. So, you know, I'll be playing a game and then all of a sudden we're singing a song while we're playing this game and making up our own lyrics to it, and so that I can't don't get copyrighted, <laughs> but in the same rhythm. But it's just like I do stuff like that more so when I'm with people as opposed to playing it by myself. When I'm by myself, I'm not hearing anyone. I'm just talking to myself, essentially. And I have to like kind of go through, like, how would this be entertaining? How would I like to watch it? You know, what is funny to me? What it would be funny to other people? So it's just more of, like, a learning curve. Um, but it is something that I do think about consistently when I'm recording. Especially if I know that I haven't been talking. Because then I build up in my head, like, oh, I haven't been talking. What should I say? And then I start saying something. And then I'm like, what am I even saying? So then I have to go back and re-record that part. I would, oh yeah. God, that would just, it would kill me. Yeah. I would not be able to. Sometimes it ruins games. It can, if you don't know what you're doing, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we started to talk a little bit about this 
earlier, it, it came up naturally, the idea of people not understanding video games being art. Yeah. Which, again, there's no, there's no question. I mean, especially with the advance of games over the years and, and what you initially brought up, uh, was a good example to a lot of people of where we were we had gotten to as mm-hmm. far as storytelling in games the last of us yeah roger ebert who obviously has since passed once said that video games would never be art do you think with the time that he said it which is probably god that might be early 2000s like uh, maybe late 90s you think when he said that it was it was true then and not today, or is that was that still just as short sighted then as it is now? Uh, first off, rest in peace. I don't mean to talk bad about a dead person. There's no way that it's not art. Even back then, it still would have been art because you have all these artists who are creating the levels. You have people who are acting. You have like I don't think people take into consideration everything that happens behind the scenes. Of creating an actual game like mo caption and stuff like that like there are people acting out the scenes that you're watching and that you're playing there are people behind that and there are people who you know code and make the lighting make the scenery that you're looking at they make the characters that you're looking at like even back then like i there's this game called manhunt that i played when yes, i was younger i have played and that's a when i was playing it's graphic that's rough and tumble but i was playing it and i was like wow this looks so real i went back and looked at pictures of it it's just blocks people are blocks yeah they, it's awful like but back then you think like oh my god this is so realistic well that's even that's even relative relative to i mean i have i have a problem even thinking that 2018 is the future because early 2000s still seems like yesterday to me mm-hmm. but if we're even looking at you know games from back then that seemed really advanced then they look like shit now yeah. like users of manhunt i remember that being like wow this is pretty cool yeah even though it's pretty fucked up yes it's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> it is completely <laughs> so if i was to pick up that game today which i could because i know exact i know exactly where it is um I would be playing through it and thinking like, this, this is just, this is, looks like dog shit. Yes, it's it's insane to think how much that gap has like leaped. But at the same time, back then, that was, still was art in itself. There wasn't the option, like we hadn't discovered yet the, these better graphics. So if you put yourself in that time period, that was a top line graphics, top line audio. Everything was like, at its peak at that point in time. Well, I mean, even God, what um, Brian Brian Cox, the actor, um, who has been in a bunch of stuff. A lot of people will know him as being the police chief in Super Troopers. Okay. He 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 uh, voice acted the the main the main antagonist. The, the the you know for everybody listening, the point of Manhunt was you are this death row inmate who goes through a fake execution and when you wake up you're thrown into this environment where this rich and powerful uh snuff film director is now in control of your life and to escape the hell that he has thrust you into you have to uh essentially create these these snuff kills uh, while while being filmed from far away. That's, yeah, that's you basically much. you get your freedom if you're able to kill your way out of it. And that sounds 
at the time that was the morbid <laughs> the, well it was the atypical kind of game that would pretty much get games shut down yes it was very like you're using wire to choke people out you're stabbing people you're carrying bodies it's it's fucked up i'm pretty sure it was manhunt 2 was the one that threw even congress into a tizzy the most one of the more recent tizzies about about violence in video games through the years it's been so many mortal Kombat and doom and all the original doom um but i think yeah it was even manhunt 2 is the most recent example i can think of a game where i guess we could talk about this a little bit the role of violence in video games versus how often adults and adults in charge i say adults like we're not adults um try to justify the violence of humanity as being a reaction to these games it's bullshit it is i mean i i remember almost almost president clinton uh <laughs> she was one of the, i remember years ago she said she 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 gave this little speech about how um violent video games cause violence and that's horseshit it is because i've been fucking killing people since 92 yeah. Um, in video games. And I have yet to physically harm anyone in my entire life. Anyone, any animals, anything. It's, no. No, we're talking about if you if there's a, a, a violent person who has violent tendencies. And they play violent games, of course they're going to be violent. But that's not yeah. because of the game. It's because that's who they are. I came out of the womb killing people on video games. And again, I've yet to... I, and I just feel so passionate about it because it's just like... Who are you to say that like someone is violent or someone has uh, like issues because they play games? It's just like it's not that you're using that as a cover up to like the bigger issue that this person really has issues and you want to point fingers at what that what caused that issue. It's not the fact that they played a violent video game. I'm sure maybe in some random cases someone had like violent tendencies on the inside but never, you know, spewed them out and then they played a game and they're like, "Yeah, this is my thing. But that's that person choosing those actions, not the game making that person that way. It it so typifies to me this idea of the people who are in charge intentionally blaming the wrong thing because finding out what the real cause of problems are is too difficult. Yes. So it's so or maybe they're maybe they're just not intelligent enough to I understand. Just think they don't care. Is to be well, that, that's another thing. Yeah, they, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't affect their lives because they don't, most of these people are not, they don't play games. They don't have to understand it because they can just sequester it to some faraway place in their mind and, and make it like what video games were to, sounded like to adults in the, in the, in the 90s. Like, this is just for a very specific niche group of people. And it's like, fuck no, video games are not a niche, it's not a niche thing anymore. It's, it's the most, and maybe this is not. Correct, but it is one of the most. I'll say, say it that. anyways. It doesn't it's matter. It's one of the most growing, like, economy-wise, like, just sections where people want to work. It's like a huge thing now. There are actual billionaires buying into video games, like esports. For those of you who don't know, is like competitive gaming. So Call of Duty, Halo, Overwatch, Dota. You can watch Dota. Which I'm not, I do not know what that stands for. I don't know what it is, but I know you can fucking watch it on ESPN. Yes, and those, and those, the tournament that they have is the highest paying tournament in all of esports. It's like millions of dollars these players get to win that tournament. And there are now, like, the, so the Optic Gaming is the, like, team that I, like, associate with. The owner of the Houston Astros bought Optic. 
So now they like had like all this money to get into League of Legends. They have a PUBG team now. They have uh, Overwatch. They like and like to buy into Overwatch and League of Legends is like millions of dollars. So for people to say like, oh, it's just gaming. It's not really like that significant. Like it's huge, and it's only growing more and more as time goes on. Yeah. So you hear that, Roger? This is not appropriate. <laughs> He was a good. He was a, a, um, a good film critic. I didn't agree with everything that he said, but it, it stands out. Didn't he a, hate everything that came out? I'm pretty sure I've yeah. never heard of one thing where he was just like, "That was a good movie." Uh, there were no. There, it's actually surprising the movies that most people would pan that he gave good reviews to, which is endearing to me because I feel like the field of, of criticism. Is, is actually lacking in real critique and it's mostly about it's mostly about the critic it's mostly about them playing with themselves with their with their own vocabulary and it's not <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not impressive and it's and it doesn't and it doesn't um, it certainly doesn't justify the job they've been given yeah. and, it, and it doesn't do anything to actually explain the thing that they're critiquing it's just about it's just about them whereas sometimes he would, really go in depth on certain i wish i had a good example i I just remember every once in a while i'll i'll be on a wikipedia page for a movie he'll say like everybody consistently shit on this movie apart from roger ebert who gave it three out of four stars and and found some really cool things to like about this but it, it that's what stood out to me about the video game thing is like i respect this man's opinion so much that it's shocking that he couldn't see the future in video games yeah, he's fucked. Sorry again. Rest <laughs> in peace, but you're wrong. Anyways, so so um, <laughs> a question I skipped over that I wanted to go back to later because I knew we'd probably get to it later. What has been the most recent jump forward in the games industry that has affected your relationship with gaming? Esports, hands down. Okay, it's it's insane to think about how. In 2006, there was like people like renting out venues to you know play tournaments and win like five thousand dollars. Now they're like selling out stadiums and making millions of dollars for one tournament. It's insane, and it, th- that growth has caused this market to flood. So for me personally, it's affected me because now everyone and their mother wants to do this, which I'm one of them, but it's. It's an ever-growing market, and it's for me. It's been harder because I feel like I know where I want to get to, but without knowing the right people, it's almost impossible unless you have some sort of connection to someone. Because everyone wants to work in this industry, and so like I've been looking now on alternatives on like working for a gaming company instead of like getting into esports itself, or. You know, working with something like this where it's just more of like you growing slowly and steadily through different markets to get into that as opposed to just gunning for that directly because that's what everyone's doing right now. And it's it's causing, you know, a huge stall in, in people actually getting jobs, but it's creating more opportunity for them to be creative and do their own thing and potentially get to that point. So esports itself, I think, has been one of the biggest things for for uh, for gaming in general. That and YouTube. Right. Ninja, do you know who Ninja is? 
That I have only recently become aware of Ninja via via my brother and via my younger sisters who know who this person is. I have no clue. So he plays Fortnite. Okay. This son of a bitch is making five hundred thousand dollars monthly off of video games, <laughs> and that's that, yeah. Uh, and that might they might be more, it might be less, but that's what they were like figuring out between all of his sponsors, all of his donations. When you stream on Twitch, people can donate money to you while you play, and um, they can subscribe to your channel, which is like five bucks a month, and essentially they get like no ads, they get like things that they can put in chat like little icons that they can put in the chat and they get like special things for subscribing essentially and for him he's you know he fortnite blew up and he was the best player at fortnite and i mean good for that guy like i know i call him a son of a bitch but that's just out of jealousy uh uh, ninja if you would ever like to come on the podcast (laughs) art can fix shoot me an email andy at artfinixstudios.com i'd love to talk to you he's from chicago or the chicago land area then this is perfect ninja yes uh my old friend but he he is it's insane to see like people are, are mad at him for like his growth and for like making all this money like oh you're just playing video games why do you deserve that money people don't realize how much that dude grinded like content he was like a halo pro for a while like isn't for like years this dude you know streamed regularly had youtube did whatever he did and then Fortnite happened and all the things aligned for him perfectly and he was able to like make a living off of that. He was able to like alter his course of like his his brand essentially. So I mean, yeah, good for you, bastard. For like Good for you, Ninja. Yeah, good for you, Ninja, for being able to do that. But it's just like people give him crap about it and it's like, oh, why does he deserve it? It's just like you don't know what that person did for years you just see the now and people see that now like uh people who aren't into it and they think like well if this guy's making this much money i can do it and so now everyone's doing it and there's everyone streaming fortnite ever this dude pulls millions of people in or thousands of people in or whatever he does i don't really watch him too often uh, but he pulls in a crap ton of people to watch him play fortnite every day i've got to find a similar way to monetize podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This dude is a genius. For being his age, I'm pretty sure he's younger than me. I'm 27. No, I'm 28. He might be, yeah. <laughs> how, old, how old are you really? I'm 28. March 3rd, 1990. Let's go, baby. I'm older than you. Uh, By one year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might be my age or our age or he might be, I think he's a little bit younger, but this dude is smart. Like he... He was able to monetize his channel. He was able to, you know, really take hold and advantage of Fortnite during the, like, the best time. So you said earlier we're kind of on the way out of Fortnite? I think Fortnite isn't going anywhere. It's like Minecraft. Like, people are going to love Minecraft forever. Because the big thing about that was the fact that it was free. And that's what Fortnite did right. And, like... They make so much money. Like, they put in, like, I think a million dollars into prize pools for, like, tournaments that they're throwing, which is insane to think about. And it's pulling people from other esports into Fortnite because they can make so much more playing that game. Um, I don't think that Fortnite is going anywhere. That's not what I mean by saying that it's on its way out. But I think its peak has already happened. 
the like fad of Fortnite where everyone is playing it like everyone is streaming it everyone loves Fortnite. i think at this point that's over because i see people starting to like play other games play other battle royale games to like a, a bunch of streamers and youtubers are, are moving away from Fortnite. there is still that core audience which is a ton of people like it's a lot of people and i don't think it's gonna ever not be a thing but i think it's peak of like just the massive amount it was like the beatles like it was just this huge thing for like a, a period of time and how I think... do you think it did versus the popularity of sliced bread it probably put it to shame oh, wait am i getting that right i think no, I'm getting that joke. I'm getting that joke wrong. It was what happened was at one point I think it was a member of the Beatles says we're bigger than Jesus, and then yeah. I'm pretty sure there's an episode of Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's, <laughs> where where somebody does a similar thing. Like I think the the boys end up in a band together, and somebody says we're bigger than sliced bread. No, it's not Rocco's Modern Life. It's something else. God, I wish I could remember what cartoon <laughs> yeah. it was. But somebody says we're bigger than sliced bread, and then there's a backlash from that. Yeah. That's what I just confused myself into. Anyways, I'm sorry to derail you with my... No, it's fine. Look, but, I'm getting old. It's... But it's just, I think that it it's peak in, like, the huge, like, everyone wanting to play it all the time. Like, everyone, like, just dreaming about Fortnite, waking up Fortnite, going to bed Fortnite. Like, in the middle of the day, Fortnite. I think that that part of its its tendency is gone. But it's not going anywhere by any means. It's still the most popular game that people are playing right now. It's still the most like uh, revenue-making game. I don't know what I just said. But people are making the most money off of that game because they did it right. They made a free game. And it wasn't even a Battle Royale game at first. It was um, like a, a building game like where you go into a place and you build your forts and you fight zombies. And then someone had the idea, whoever had that idea, if they don't own Fortnite by now, you, you're fucked up. Because this guy or girl, whoever, this team, they created a Battle Royale version of that game. Um, and they made it for free to download, but they like charge you for like skins. And people feel more like, like, oh yeah, I'll buy this skin because I didn't have to pay for the game. But then they don't realize that at this point in time, they have every skin that's come out and they've spent triple what they would have on the game itself. But it, it's people find that logical, and Fortnite took advantage of it, and they did it like I, it's nothing bad. They did something. They made a good game, and they countered on what people would pay to play that game in in game. So like everything you buy, you don't. It doesn't like boost you in the game. It doesn't make you any better. It's just aesthetic. Something that I'm, and this is just gonna be a complete leap away from what we were talking about. One one of the things that I'm very curious about other how other game gamers play their characters how they how they feel when they're in control of a character. Do you think that you dictate decisions for a character, or do characters create themselves through the narrator narrative? Uh, it depends. So when it comes to Mass Effect, like a game like that where you're making a bunch of choices, I try to play it how I think I would be, and. Uh, there was another game. What was it? Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. I love that game. The very first one, so good. 
Uh, I played that to how I thought I would be as a Jedi. <laughs> that was my thought process. I'm a Jedi. This is the life I'm going to choose. I didn't always make the right choice, but I always tried to. But when it comes to something where you have a little bit less control and it's clearly a character that I'm, you know, not associating myself with, I'll go with what I think that person would do. Um, like, it's crazy because, like, in... In The Last of Us, towards the end, where you, like, talk to Ellie and you essentially lie to her about something. Um, like, in my head, like, I wouldn't have made that choice. But it's part of the game, so I'm just like, well, I'm not Joel. That's what Joel would do. So there are situations where, like, I'm playing a game and if I associate that person or that character as their own person, I'll, I'll play as if it was that person making that choice. But if it's something where I have control of, like uh, something that I play a lot are um, the Telltale series games. So they have The Walking Dead Telltale, Batman Telltale, and it, all it is is you just making choices. And whatever choice you make determines the outcome of the game. Like there are like six different endings for each scenario and you can choose what you do. And people die based off of that or people live based off of that or whatever it may be. Um, with that, I, I like to... I have my thoughts on what that person is and I try and go towards with that. Like in The Walking Dead one, there's a character named Clementine who is this little girl when you find her in the game and throughout the games, like it's been like three, I think at this point with her in it, she's now like a teenager and she was like a little kid before. So like I, when I play it, I play as Clementine. So I make the choices I think Clementine would make. But when I'm playing Mass Effect, it's me. Like this is me, this is what I would do. Shepard is me. I, okay, since we're talking about Mass Effect again, <laughs> I sort of, I, I, I split it between myself and the character. In my mind, I'm, it's the character making those decisions, but it's, it's my, it's my morality. Yeah. My sense of morality flowing through that character. Like, I've never played Mass Effect as a renegade character. I've made renegade choices. Yeah, I've gone with those options before. Like, there's there's one when you are on the mission. <laughs> here we go again. The mission when you're on the mission to find Thane Krios, and you are. Oh no, I'm forgetting. The, okay, so the Asari woman, she's Nasana Dantius. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're in her. You're in her tower. There's a bunch of mercenaries uh, uh, gunning down em employees for whatever the reason is um, because because she knows there's an assassin in the building coming together. That's Thane. And you get to the top of this elevator and there's one of the one of the mercenaries is sitting talking on a comm to either the, their, their commander or somebody. And you have the option of kicking them out the window mm -hmm. at some point. I've kicked him out the window before. Yeah, there's Absolutely. stuff like that that's just funny to it's do. It's fun and funny. Yeah. And it's like, look, sometimes it's a bit... Sometimes wet. you have to be an asshole, all right? Yeah, it can be... You kind of feel like a bit of a wet blanket if you go 100% through... And on top of that, it was that guy's choice to be an asshole in the first place to like murder all these scientists he's for no the reason. One, so he kind of deserved it. He's the one who joined the Eclipse. Yeah. It's it's not your is fault it, he wait, made it poor life choices. Eclipse or blue blue suns? <clears throat> what was the red one? It's not. It's, he's not red. I think he's in yellow, and I think yellow or eclipse. Yeah, there's an eclipse. Uh, Blood pack is who you're thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah but it's not. It's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we digress. 
I don't think anybody, I, other than like a few select friends, I don't think I've ever talked this extensively about video games with another human being. Like, call really, me anytime. I live video games. It will probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but so uh, another example in my mind of so now I hear now I hear my mother in my head saying like I thought you said the show was more about talking to other people and not talking so much yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna love it. That's great. That, no, because I didn't know that you actually were like huge into video fuck games. Fuck yeah. So this is great because it's not just me huge talking. Huge into video games. Like if if I had any sort of knowledge about how to how to code or do any of that stuff, I would love to be able to get into that. But it you really have to be into the technical aspect of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm just not that way. I like a finished product. I can't I can't yeah. wrap my I'd rather play. I'd rather be like a mo caption like you know, yeah. actually acting out the scenes and actually coding anything. What I wanted to, an, an example, a very specific example in my mind where it's more on rails than your typical open world, like a role-playing thing, was if I'm in the driver's seat of Gordon Freeman from Half-Life, is that a series that you're into at all? Uh, I haven't played it in a very long time, but yes. Really? Yeah. Like... Are we talking Half-Life 1, 2, and uh, Half-Life 2. And like the orange box. You remember that? Yes, of yeah. course I do. Okay. So I think that's the last time I played Half-Life. Um, so you've never played the original Half-Life? No. Oh, do you have a PS2? Not anymore, but I could oh get one. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say like, as far as like a, a regular single game... Just standalone by itself, outside of the declar the sweeping declaration that I already made about Mass Effect as a trilogy being I my desert island preferred trilogy for the rest of time. Probably my favorite game game by itself, you know, outside of any of the sequels is the original Half Life. Really? I think that's a, that's a fantastic game, and I would absolutely love to see what you think of it once you finally play it. But anyway, so. But so, so if you've played the Orange Box, you, you've played as Gordon Freeman. Yes. What I because that is a your silent type character that a character that imparts nothing upon upon himself by by dialogue or anything like that. You you are pretty much just that person for the most part. I mean, like you know what Gordon Freeman looks like. You know he's uh sort he's got glasses and a goatee, mm -hmm. but I find myself there's there are certain moments in Half Life Two where you are in charge of guiding um, resistance members through yeah. these large open areas, and that that mechanic is not wasn't really planned out so well. Like they don't follow orders all that great, but I find myself really trying hard to make sure that they're not gunned down by snipers. Yeah. And that has no effect on the rest of the game. No, it doesn't. At all. But I, I, you associate yourself with that person. Like, you become one in some instances. So, like, I am Gordon now. Gordon is me. And so, like, your thoughts, like, you're not Gordon, but, like, you're like, this is what I would do if I was Gordon. So I got to save these people. They can't get sniped. Because morally, that's what I would want to happen. I don't want anyone to die when I'm taking care of them. So I, I get have, it. I have I understand. Re, I have reloaded previous save files to bring certain NPCs back to life <laughs> because I felt guilty yeah. about doing that. Actually, Half Half Life One is a good example of doing that, where you can kind of. This is the other half of that where you could the it's saving is pretty much anywhere, anytime. There's a regular save function and a quick save function. Yeah. Um, 
you can just kill random people in the original Half-Life, like scientists, guards, just <laughs> rocket launcher, shotgun, done, reload. I've taken, if I had like a bunch of trip mines in my pockets, I'll line that around a scientist. This is when I'm really bored. <laughs> and I, don't, I actually really, that finding myself doing that is why I got rid of my copy of Vice City. At a certain point, because when I realized that I was just sitting on a rooftop taking people out from a distance, I'm thinking, this is the unhealthiest thing you've ever done. There's something wrong with me. There is something. I don't feel good about... I don't feel good. If I don't feel good about killing fake people, <laughs> I mean, well, it's a good thing. Yeah. Like, if I feel like this means people in real life are, are safe, but... I... Yeah, I... I on the foot going back to my original point i feel definitely when i'm in that driver's seat i feel so weirdly protective of npcs i don't i guess it would depend on where what i'm doing Mm -hmm. so like if i'm playing a specific game like if i'm playing mass effect again we'll just bring it back up and the soldier dies next to me fuck that soldier Oh on. yeah, I, yeah. But if it was like somebody that you weren't, you didn't have any relationship or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. But uh, it, you should try out the Telltale games. I'd yeah. like to see how you would react to it because okay. your decisions can get people killed, or there'll be in, there'll be um, like The Walking Dead. I love that one. It's so good. There's like choices where you have to. There's like two people about to get eaten, and you have to choose which one you're going to save. Like, there's no saving both. You have to choose one, and then that affects everything else from that outcome further on. I I definitely, I hate making those kinds of decisions <laughs> in, in other games. Yeah. Because when I know I have to, I'll look up the pros and cons on the wiki. Oh, uh, no, you got to just find go out. No, 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 can't, can't do it. I need to make an informed decision about who's going to be saved. No, that's just, you got to go with the flow. The thing is... I guess that's not even a spoiler because it's The Walking Dead. Everyone fucking dies at some point. Oh, yeah. So, like, people are dying left and right. So, even if you do save one and you're just like, oh, this is a pro and this is a con, more than likely that person's going to die at some point. I find myself getting oddly sociopathic at times if I'm playing a Fallout game because you can accidentally find yourself making really evil decisions uh-huh. instead of... With a Mass Effect, you have... Well, I mean, it's the same thing. You Both you have certain dialogue you can choose from. But also, because Fallout is so open in the sense where you can just do whatever you feel like, I accidentally find myself doing really fucked up things yeah. sometimes and feeling really bad. Is it in that. 3 or Vegas where you can blow up the nuke town? That megaton is in Fallout 3 when you can, yeah, from Tenpenny Tower. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, I did that... I experimented with doing an evil campaign only one time in three and in New Vegas. Only one playthrough have I ever gone through the whole the whole game of New Vegas and I played for Caesar's Legion, which is technically the evil option, although I've watched videos on YouTube where people go through it and explain, actually, this might be, in the long run, better for the environment of New Vegas. Yeah. That's like, I, I eat that shit up. <laughs> um justify the means but yeah because it because it's it is weird for me to try and impart something on that character even though it gives you so many options to choose who you are because sometimes through certain circumstances certain dialogue choices you are kind of forced to pick certain things or certain actions 
I find myself sometimes a little too disconnected from that character. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I get what you're saying. I, I it's just a little bit different for me, I guess, because I again, if I, like if I don't have control and I'm just watching, I get that feeling. Yeah. So it's just like if that person's making the choices and I just happen to be controlling it, but I don't have a say. I I can agree with that, but when it comes to like me making those personal decisions, uh, I I like to think that I'm a decent human being. So that's usually the outcome I go through. I'm not perfect. I've fucked up plenty of times in my life. But I feel like whenever it comes to something where you're making choices morally, uh, my mama raised me right. So uh, I, I go for the good options. I want to wrap this up just talking about the future of gaming. What What do you know that I might not know or that I might know that's on the horizon that has you the most excited either in technical achievements that are coming up or 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 certain stories that are going to be explored what do you have what are you looking forward to i'm looking forward just to see where the space grows because it's at this point right now where there's so many like evolutions of this process where like big companies are buying in and you know all these people who own sports teams are buying up you know these smaller you know esports teams and it's like in the process where like this is just starting so i want to see where it can get to because i know at some point this is going to be you're going to watch this on tnt there's already been like they had you know esports at x games for like two years in a row so like these this is going to become like a normal thing for people and i'm excited to see where that goes um and seeing how the the technology of that grows i it's just insane to think that this is not at its peak and i it's crazy that i mean i wish i had this is kind of a weird segue but i had uh, a teacher when i studied abroad in england who told us that our generation is going to be the very first cyborgs that we would be we would have the chance to live forever imagine that have you did you watch altered carbon on netflix i have not because i'm curious about watching but i i think i saw that it had some mixed reviews. I don't know. Sometimes I don't jump into it's things. It's really good. You should okay, watch okay, it. Okay, okay. But it's essentially like you All can right, download right. your conscious onto a disc oh. and you put that into, they call them sleeves, but bodies are sleeves. So you put it into a body um, and then you can essentially live forever. Imagine being able to be like, all right, it's 2100 and seeing where gaming is at. Like, I don't know if I'd want to live forever, but it'd be cool to see where things are going to be at in the future. This is, I, I should definitely bring this part up considering it's the conceit of the show how do you and we've uh, we've probably touched on this a little bit we're just this is this is wrapping things up but it's worth asking how do you see what you do helping you in your life how do you see what you do helping people in their lives i mean for me it's definitely a huge stress reliever in some instances like i've played video games my entire life so recording it and like putting it out there is just another step in that that I don't always want to do, but video games are it's it's not going away. So creating that for me, because some of the coolest experiences I have with my own videos is going back and watching them. Like I don't watch my videos often, but like if I want to remember something or if I think that something was really funny that I had dialogue between me and my friends, I have that option to go back and watch that again at any point. And that's something for me that's great because it's something that I've created. And that I've done by myself solely. Like I've edited, I've recorded, I've done 
made my thumbnails. I did everything by myself. So for me, that's a sense of achievement in myself. But if that can bring, you know, entertainment or joy to someone who's just like having a shitty day and they're like, oh, that was really funny. Now it's not so bad of a day. Like, that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it, for me, it's 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 definitely something that um, it's very special to me personally, as, as weird as that may sound to someone out there who's listening. But, you know, it, it's it's simple. It's video games. It's just something that you like plug into and play. But for me, it has such a greater meaning because of what it's been my entire life and how I've had connections with people like the we talked off uh, recording but like the person I'm living with now my roommate we met playing video games some of my best friends in my entire life I've met playing video games so it's just something that you know has brought huge joy to me through my entire life um, so if it can bring joy to someone else and why not put it out there now that we're wrapping this up, now is a good time. Even though we've talked about, we've, we've plugged different things that you're doing where, you know, told people with the names of different. Uh, so on on YouTube, you are Bear Naked. Spell that. B-E-A-R-N-I-C-K-E-D. E-D. Because I know on Instagram, Instagram there's, there's, an X, there's an extra. What's the story behind the two? It wouldn't D's? let me put one D, so I put in two. Why? I don't know. Okay. I'm hoping that at some point I can get, you know, some pull in with these companies because they always change <laughs> shit for other people. Like, you know, you have people who are like uh, in esports teams. So, like, as an example, Optic. So it'd be like mm-hmm. Optic Bear. And then I switch teams to Cloud9. I could be Cloud9 Bear. There's people who could switch these. Why they don't give it to the mass public makes no sense to me. <laughs> but if I can get pull in with anyone, I'd switch a bunch of stuff around just so that I had it all be the same thing. But yes, on Instagram, there's two Ds instead of one. Okay. So the best way to, for people to find you, start with the YouTube, check YouTube. Uh, see see if they can find you on Twitch. Maybe you'll do more stuff on there in the future. Yeah, or... uh, so I actually took the past three days off of work so where i work as like my nine to five i took off we had wednesday off for fourth of july god bless america (laughs) uh and then i I took off i don't know that was funny (laughs) i don't hate america (laughs) thank you jesus uh uh so i took off thursday friday and monday Mm -hmm. so i had like a basically a seven day like vacation and i did like a lot of a lot of adulting stuff where I like did insurance and doctor's appointments and whatnot, but I took a majority of that time. I have hundreds of hours of footage that I haven't edited. Awesome. So uh, I've been going through that, editing them, creating thumbnails. I'm going to start putting more stuff on Instagram, like little clips of like just funny moments within my streams. I'm adding that into it. So I'm going to be more proactive, and I took that time just to kind of get caught up on everything that I have. So... Um, starting hopefully this Monday coming up, uh, that will be a regular thing on all my channels. Whether Perfect. it be Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, it's all coming back. All right, I'm gonna attempt to wrap this up now with a thank you, but I'm also gonna try to to like make a catchphrase because I realize I don't <laughs> catchphrase. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't end the shows the same way, and I never put any thought into how I'm gonna. Okay, so so let me try it. This might we might have to do several takes for this. This is fine. All right, so Nick, Nick Monreal, thank you for... No, I've already screwed it up. <laughs> Nick Monreal, thank you for being on the show, and thank you for showing... Oh, nope. Nick Monreal, thank you for being on the show, and thank you for telling us how art can fix. All right, no, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on here. 
Call me back anytime. Absolutely. This has been a production of Art Phoenix Studios in Chicago. If you enjoyed this show, please check out our other content on artphoenixstudios.com. That's A-R-T-F-I-N-I-X studios.com.